Well, good morning. Hey, my name is Will Hopkins. I'm the youth pastor here at Hope Covenant. Uh, Yeah. I'm excited to be with you this morning. Uh, A few moments ago, you saw my son, Aiden, and his best friend. We threw you a curveball and had them do announcements. What a great job they did, right? Yeah. I'm going to be sharing a lot about him today, so I just wanted to give you a picture of what he looks like. Um, a few months, uh, no, yeah, a few months ago, my family had an amazing opportunity. Um, we had an opportunity to take our three boys, uh, and my wife and I. We went uh, to go visit Hawaii. It was our first, our second visit. We are, since our first visit, we were like, oh my gosh, like our boys need to see this. And so we kept pushing back this trip. There was this thing called COVID. And then finally, in May of this year, we got to go back to Hawaii. And here's a picture right there of our family. Uh, It was phenomenal. Uh, We did everything as a family, beaches, hiking, driving the island, everything. It was a good relational building time for Christy and I and with our boys, a very good bonding time. And on the second day of our trip, we were looking for some activity to do that day, and I turned to my, my children, and I said, hey, what do you want to do? And uh, Grayson, our middle child, who's wearing the hat right there on this side, he said, whatever you guys want to do, everything, food, exploring, beaches, whatever you want to do, I'm in, whatever it is. Our middle child, that's this one, he looks like he was born in Hawaii, uh, he said this, he go, we go, hey, what do you want to do? He goes, I just want, oh, sorry, there's my water right there. I just want to go back to the hotel and swim in the pool. That's what he said to us, right? Of course, yeah, seven-year-old, thanks a lot. Yeah, we go all the way here and you want to swim in the pool. My Aiden, on the other hand, he's the, the tallest one right there. He said, I just want to go play basketball. What? You said, what? I just want to go play basketball. I'm like, basketball? Like, we flew halfway across the Pacific Ocean. We're on an island. There's poke. There's, like, turtles. There's everything here. And you want to go play basketball? He's like, yeah, I just want to play basketball. I'm like, that would have been a lot cheaper in Arizona, man. Like, come on. What's going on? He said, no, I I just kind of want to play basketball. All right, you know what? Um, it didn't stop right there, right? It kind of lasted a few days, right? Every time, like, we're, hey, let's get in the car. We're going to the basketball courts? No! <laughs> I've been researching this trip for months. That was never on the, oh, let's go see this and this and this and basketball courts. Let's go, right? No. Um, so we were kind of just trying to move on. Later on in that trip, the, the previous day, we'd been, you know, we were hanging out at the beach, got a lot of sun. We're like, okay, let's go to Walmart and grab a beach umbrella so we don't take on too much sun. And uh, we get in there, and first thing my son says is, gotta go look at basketballs? Yeah, oh, whatever. If you can find us, we're, 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 we're not staying a long time. We're leaving. We're going to the beach. So we're about to check out, and he comes running over. Hey, I found a basketball. I'm like, oh, cool. How much? He goes, $26. They didn't have like a $5 one? It's Walmart. He's like, no, $26 was the cheapest. I'm like, I don't even buy a $26 basketball 
in Arizona. There's no way I'm going to buy that in Hawaii. He's like, oh, dad, oh, I, I really, no, I'm not, no, put it away. Like, no, we're leaving. And that didn't go out very well. <laughs> that actually, it, it was kind of late in the afternoon. We hadn't eaten lunch. It was time, it was meltdown mode right now. And he was not having it. So we ordered food from the restaurant nearby. And uh, we, you know, we go over there. We're waiting for our food to, to, to you know, get ready. And, uh, and I'm trying to have, like, this, like, kind of conversation, like, hey, just so you know, like, we're in Hawaii. <laughs> like, Hawaii. And can we, like, make, you know, make this? He's like, he's not happy. Still attitude. He's not, he's not happy with this. And so we, our food is done. And I tell my wife, I say, hey, you know what? It's crowded in here. The restaurant, there's, it's hot. It's muggy. Let's just go to, like, the nearest open space and let's enjoy our lunch, go to the beach. You know, things are going to calm down. We're just, we're just over, like, it's just a lot going on right now. So she's like, okay, I got the nearest open spot. It's one minute away. We jump in the car. We drive over. It's in this community. We pull into the parking lot, and right in front of us is a basketball court. <laughs> one of the most beautiful basketball courts I've ever seen. Because on top of the basketball court, if you look out like 15 miles, you just see the ocean. And I'm like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> and so we're looking for, let's go ahead and go to the, the clip right here. We're, we're looking for a place to, to, to hang out, and you see there's one tree with shade, but you see there's like a couple, like they're doing engagement photos right there, so that was taken. And the only spot, so we're looking around for park benches, there's no park benches, no other shade. The only shade was the shade that the basketball hoop court made onto the court right there, and we're like, I guess that's where we're eating lunch. <laughs> so we sit down, and we're eating food, and it doesn't take long for my son to look up at us and go, it'd be really nice to have a basketball right now. <laughs> I love that kid. <laughs> I love that kid. Go ahead and show that next slide right there. Yeah. So we don't forget this. <laughs> so we are in a, we're in a series right now. Love your fill-in-the-blank neighbor. Right? Love your fill-in-the-blank neighbor. And I think we've hammered out throughout the series, uh, loving your neighbor is someone right next to you. Not just your next-door neighbor. It's your spouse. It's your sibling. It's your parent. The community. It's the human in your vicinity. Right? And I was asked to speak on loving your next-generation neighbor. Loving the next-generation neighbor <laughs> it's funny, huh? You're like, <laughs> thanks, Don. I can always count on you. Loving your next generation leader might arguably be the most significant thing you do in your lifetime. The role of any adult in the world is to raise, train, equip the next generation of human beings. This is in any context, in any job, in any career, in church, in families, in homes, all of us, aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, siblings, babysitters, coaches, teachers, parents, the entire local church are partnering together to do this. And today, 
as I'm finishing up this series of love your fill-in-the-blank neighbor, I want to lean in to how we can love our next generation neighbor. Let me pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for what you have for us today. And Lord, as we lean in to who you are, Lord, as we breathe in the breath right now, Lord, that we can just open our our hearts and our ears and our minds to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the course of this series, we've hovered in and around Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5. It's part of the Shema. The Shema is a devotion to God, something the Jewish people have been praying for thousands of years, morning and evening. And in Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And again, the Shema was a prayer, a way of expressing devotion to God. It was a declaration of faith to him. And in this series, we've we've referenced that exact passage. And I want to continue to hover there for a moment. It says this in Deuteronomy 4, 6, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it says this. Hear, O Israel, love the, Lord your, the, love the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down. And when you get up, tie them in symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. There's a lot here, but I'm going to start and try to narrow down the focus for today. We are to love your God with all our, love the Lord your God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. As we've heard these past weeks from the book of Matthew, Jesus is speaking in reference to this as he even says to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is a double love command. It gives humans a direction to face and a way to be. And throughout the whole series, our first attention, before we look at our neighbor, is to look at God and to love him with all our heart. And then we can look out to loving the people around us. As I was reading and praying throughout the series, this week I kept getting stuck on the all your soul part. I wanted to know more about that. And so I looked up the Hebrew word for soul and it says this. Nefesh. I think I said that right. I tried really hard. Practiced it a lot in my room. Nehesh, if I didn't come later on, tell me so I can get it right from the second service. Uh, Nehesh, this is a Hebrew word for soul, the idea of breath of life, our entire being offering thanks to God. Nehesh is not just soul, but life. Man was brought to life by the breath of God. Life and soul are made possible because God's direct intervention. God's breathes his glory directly into us. And you are made in God's image, and we reflect that nature. 
by bearing his image. We reflect that by breathing in God's breath. Psalm 42, 1 through 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. If you, if you say, as the deer pants for water, oh, go back, you got it, you had it, Alec. Go back. As the deer pants for water, so my nefesh pants for you. My nefesh, my, my nefesh thirsts for God, for the living God. On a physical level, your throat can be thirsty, like a deer. That physical thirst, it could be like a metaphor for our whole being. Longs to know and be known by our creator. We first look to God and fill our lives with his breath. And why is this important? To loving our neighbor. Why is this important? Especially loving our next generation neighbor? Deuteronomy 6.5 says this. We're going back to it. Go ahead. Did I not have it up there? It's okay, I'll say it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and impress that onto your children. Do I not have that? Sorry, Alec, I might have messed up those slides there. But it says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are on your heart. Impress that onto your children. If we're living out the breath of God in our lives, it's impacting the lives around us. If we're breathing in God's breath, the people around us are impacted by that because it's pouring out of us, especially our children. It's the aroma, it's the fragrance that oozes out when we interact with other human beings, our neighbors. This is what's happening when Jesus says, love God, direction up, and love others, direction out. We need to impress this onto our children, meaning sitting and conversing and having uh, conversations with our children, living out the breath of God in our lives and being in tune to what they are needing. Impressing this on our children, our teens, our youth, our next generation. Our infant babies are looking to be safe and to belong. Impress the breath of God onto them. Our children are looking for safety, security, and a strong foundation. Impress the breath of God on them. Our pre-teenagers are looking to be accepted and just to know that they're okay. Impress the breath of God on them. Our teenagers are looking for unconditional love and to ultimately be known. Impress the breath of God on them. And all of these parents and adults need to be filled with God's breath of life before we can impress this. This is really important. I'll explain why. When we take a look into the next generation, says this, according to the CDC study, the United States is experiencing an extreme teenage mental health crisis. From 2009 to 2021, the share of American high school students that say they feel a persistent feeling of sadness or hopelessness rose from 26% to 44%. A lot of our next generation in our culture are experiencing are not experiencing the hope that Jesus offers us. Kids know things faster. The world events, quicker than any of us can imagine. I called my, my wife two years ago. I said, hey, hey, do you know that Kobe Bryant was in a helicopter crash? She goes, 
Yeah, like 20 minutes ago. I'm hanging out with a bunch of girls. They they were sharing with me. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah. Instantly, in their hand, they have the world's problems connected at a moment's notice. Imagine 12, 13, 14, dealing with the world's problems in real time. Parents can't keep up to speed before the kids find out. I can't imagine that was the original design for what our children were being able to process or have uh, capacity to understand uh, as their minds and hearts are being developed. It's that fast. Another one. There's more documentation on this generation than any in the history of the world. There there have been more photographs, more film, more digitally tracked. They have been than anyone, and that's just going to increase. You think about that. And look what we turn to. We turn to social media. It's where they turn to gain acceptance, belonging. Many of the people that you follow, it creates like this false, false like worth system. You might have 10,000 followers, but you can ask, who really knows you? We've created other systems that move fast, makes life go really fast. There's a study that says 20% of American meals are eaten in the car. Some reason we need to get to soccer and sports and school and lessons. Majority of families in the United States give an average of one meal around the table each week. On average, parents spend 38 minutes a week in meaningful, meaningful conversations with their children. And this is a stat from a few years ago, and I can only imagine that's kind of gotten wider. Where are these meaningful conversations happening if it's not shared around the family table? What are we doing in the car? Is the TV on during dinner? Are we distracted with our phones as we share meals together? How do we impress the breath of God uh, in our life onto our children each day and each week? Let's be honest. Parenting, uh, kids, kids are hard and parenting is painful. Pursuing our children and our teenagers is downright exhausting. But through it, God is drawing us to himself saying, this is way bigger and important than you know. You're gonna need me to do it. Going back to my intro, sometimes we don't see eye to eye with our children. They have different views and different opinions, right? I was of the opinion that we go to Hawaii and we hang out on the beach. Grayson agreed, right? Elijah just wanted the hotel pool, right? That's why we went to Hawaii. We spent all this money, go here, hotel pool. Aiden was on the impression that basketball on the island was the way to go. How rebellious. <laughs> Could it be that the rebellion of our children draws us more deeply to depend on God? Adam and Eve became parents. Can you imagine the pain a parent would feel when they found out their eldest son had attacked and murdered their baby? Can you hear Adam and Eve wailing in the dark of night in the forest in deep despair of losing a child? Again, parenting is hard, but we are the visible embodiment of God's breath of life in our child's life. It's vital as parents that we're looking to God, we're loving him with all our heart, our soul, and all of our strength and impressing that into our children. My friend Joey Coletti said this, when a teenager 
gets a clear picture of Jesus, they simply want to know him. I'm convinced that not just parents, but all adults are called to follow Jesus and take this to heart. Again, loving the next generation neighbor might arguably be the most significant thing we do in our lifetime. We need adults in the church who are willing to penetrate the culture, learn the codes and languages, loving kids right where they are, enter into the messiness of kids' lives, building authentic relationships and pointing them to Jesus. Teens need adults who stand firmly in their identity in Jesus and lead kids to the truth. This is not just the role of parents in the church body. This is, not, this is not just the role of parents, but it's the entire church body. Not just those who raise their hand to volunteer in children's ministry or in youth ministry. It's the entire body of the church. We all can take part in this. For adults that maybe are not directly involved in the youth and children's ministry, it could be as simple as this. It could be as simple as your presence being here, finding a child or a youth and just saying, I'm glad you're here. You belong. It could, it could just be that. We're all in this together. At Hope, we want this to be a place where kids and teenagers experience the gospel. The Holy Spirit stirs up a view of Jesus. There's an S there. <laughs> where we are all astonished. We are praying for youth daily. Our youth, that's, that's spelled wrong, our youth in us have an opportunity to be loved by Jesus and to love him back. <laughs> I'm a youth pastor. <laughs> they can call me back if they want to. We are, we are building up the family, the place where faith is best nurtured and formed. Faith is caught, not taught. It's caught. We're living that out. We're living out the breath of God in our own life. And our children are sensing and, and smelling that aroma of Christ. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a healthy village to raise a healthy child. There will be a village that raises our children. Which village is that going to be? Can we be the village that comes around families through relationship and help the next generation? Breathe the breath of God's breath of God. I'm going to go a little bit deeper here with parents in church. I want to present a challenge and an encouragement to parents. As someone who's worked in youth ministry for over 20 years, it's vital that your children and youth are here and connected to the church body. Where else will they experience loving uh, people that love God and want to impress that into our community? And in my time in youth ministry, I've tackled lots of questions from parents. And one of those questions is this. How do I do this? I don't really want to push church onto my kids. And my question back is, is it pushing if your posture of living out God's breath of life in you, is it, is it pushing? If that's just the normal rhythm of your life and your family, is that pushing? No, it's just part of what you do. You make church part of your rhythm of life. You recognize your presence is not only called to connect to church, but actually needed. From a different view, I ask, are you 
Are you pushing your kids to go to school? Well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I doubt that we would let it go too far, right? Right? You're probably not going to let your kids skip school if they just want to. Most likely, it's part of your family value system to not allow that. And through a relationship, through a relationship with them, the fragrance of life is flowing out of you. They might understand the importance of being connected to the church body and that this is what's going to sustain them for the rest of their lives. And me and all the children and youth staff and volunteers are here to help you. I believe a healthy youth ministry is one that comes alongside parents to provide resources and encouragement to parents as they impress the love of God into their their children's lives. A healthy youth ministry also gives opportunity for your child to connect to other adults and youth who love Jesus. But they need to be here. A Barna survey uh, for people in youth ministry, they asked these leaders, what were the three most common challenges in youth ministry? I'll break it down from three to one. The third one, was the breakdown of families. That was a common challenge in youth ministry. That was 31%. The second one uh, is the lack of interest from parents. That was 41%. And the number one biggest challenge by far for leaders that were in youth ministry, what's the number one challenge for you? With 86%, the busyness of youth. Kids are busy. They got lots on their plate, lots of things going on. That's the number one challenge that youth leaders were saying was hard, hard challenge to tackle in their youth ministry. Our kids' schedules fill up fast. Let's make sure we help them with things that are going to last a lifetime. School, sports, lessons will eventually all end. Being a part of a church is a lifetime. Here at Epic Youth, we have two meetings a week, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Games, fellowship, hope, encouragement, and fun. A place you can invite your friends and it's not going to be weird. On Sunday mornings, we have small group at 10 at 30 a.m. Smaller setting geared toward going deeper into the word of God, knowing who he is and how he can impact our lives. And I ask that you make these times for your child an important part of your family routine. I also ask you that, that you uh, consider uh, making youth camps and retreats an important part of your, junior, your, your kids' junior high and high school career. I've witnessed these types of camps and retreat being defining moments in our next generation's lives. They present an opportunity to put down the distractions, get away from the craziness of life. I've seen these be a place with moments without distraction that God becomes real to these kids. I broke it down right here. Epic Youth Camps, winter camp, $225, that's on average. Summer camp, road trip, $375 on average. That's a yearly total of $600. And that is because we have a really generous church that supplements and helps get the cost to $600 a year for families. If you go to the next slide. So throughout a total junior high and high school career, 7th through 12th grade, $600 times six is $3,600. $3,600. There's a lot of things we can spend $3,600 on. But for six years of your kid's life, I think this might be one of the most 
impactful and significant things you can do. There's a lot of things that we, we budget for in our family budget. I'm just going to encourage you and challenge you. This is one of them. We have all these other things going on. Club sports, college, piano lessons, class trips, all important. But I think connection to your church and moments like these in your child's life are critical to them and their faith development. I strongly encourage you. You can go to the next slide. There, love your neighbor. You can get out of there. There you go. Our time is limited. Our time is limited. Uh, these marbles right here, you're probably like, why are there marbles here on stage? Uh, they represent how many weeks, weekends, Sunday mornings I have left until graduation of my children. And if in every week, if I take out a marble, I can have a challenge to ask myself, right? Well, actually, I'll tell you how many. For right here, right here, I'll go, I'll go the, the biggest one. This is Elijah, right? He's seven years old right now. 554 weeks left. 554, that's a lot, that's great. I'm excited. This is my son, Grayson, right? Uh, 345 weeks left. Weekends left, Sunday mornings left that I have with him. And Aiden, you've met him already, right? 188 weeks left. 188. And my, my challenge to myself, this is on me, right? My challenge to myself is I continue to take the marbles out each week, one at a time. I will ask myself without shame or negativity, right? It's not a, it's not a shaming thing. <laughs> it's, hey, just an honest question. Here's the question I want to ask. It's almost there. Huh, loving God with all my heart, and all my soul, and all my strength, and how did I do in pressing God's breath onto my child? Not shaming, not negative, just, hey, how did I do this week? Oh, you know what? It was a kind of a bad week. <laughs> okay, next week, I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to dive in. Okay, I'm going to, okay, next week, I'm going to, we're going to try hard. And, and, it's, and it's just one of those things where I go, okay, now I have a visible way of going, hey, every moment here is critical. Every moment here is critical. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come on up. And as I close, as I've had months to think about it, about this connection, it, it wasn't about basketball. As I've had months to think about it, it wasn't about basketball with Aiden. It was, it was about my connection with him. And God came through for me to understand this. On our last full day of Hawaii, our Hawaii adventure, we got done in the late afternoon from a tour ride, and Chrissy and I were wanting to hit the beach before we had to jump on the plane the next day to go home. So we turned around and asked our boys, hey, what do you want to do? And it was the same, hotel pool, basketball, and we're like, no, we're going to the beach. So uh, Chrissy, Google the nearest beach. Right's in front of us. She's like, cool. That's how we do it. That's how you do it in Hawaii, just so you know. You're like, where's the nearest parking lot? Because it's Hawaii. Any parking lot you pull into is a great beach. That's how we did it. And so she's like, two minutes away. Let's go. So we're going, okay. We, 
Look on over, we're driving, it's two minutes, boom, we pull in. And no joke. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It was literally next to the ocean. This, the, the best basketball, okay, so I didn't take a picture of the basketball court. This is actually the pickleball court right next to the basketball court. I'm actually standing on the basketball court taking a picture out at the ocean. That's how close it was. And I'm like, you got, are you, what? We did, how did we find two basketball courts in Hawaii? We were not planning for this. And so we didn't have a basketball, but we did have a football. And we started playing basketball with the football. And we're doing that for about 10 minutes. And then about, you know, we look over and there's this hill coming down the road. And here's a kid walking down the road with no shoes and a basketball. And he's walking down the road. And we're looking at him, and we're looking, he gives over, he starts shooting on the other hoop. And I'm like, all right, Aiden, this is your chance, man. And so he goes over there, hey, nice shot, how you doing? Hey, good. All of a sudden, they're playing basketball. Turns out this kid was in eighth grade, Aiden was in eighth grade. They start hanging out. Another one of his friends comes over, and then all my children go over there, and this is the next picture right here. Go ahead. There's me and Christy. Oh, yeah, go back. There's me and Christy with our kids in the background. We sat there for 45 minutes just enjoying, the, like just, just taking in the love of God, of just going, how did you make this happen? Like, there was nothing I did, and we're just going to just, just breathe in the way you're working and moving in our life right now. Thank you, Lord, that uh, it, it was something that we couldn't even plan. It was amazing. Living out nefesh, nefesh, God's breath of life in us, his whole being longs to be known. We long to, uh, we long to know and be known by our creator. And so as you look at the youth in this world today, are they desperately looking for truth and identity? Yes, they're crying out for it. And I'm convinced that we're truly seeking they are truly seeking a, a group of people living out the breath of God in, in their lives. So let's live together the breath of God in our lives. Let's do that together. I'm calling us as a church to join together and do this. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on our children. Amen.